Hello, industry-focused listeners, and happy Labor Day. The markets are closed today, which means we're closed today, too. So, we wanted to take the opportunity to replay for you one of our most popular interviews so far in 2019. Back in January, I sat down with Junior Achievement of Greater Washington's Manager of Program Engagement, Patty Sempt. Listen in as we talk more about all of the great things Junior Achievement is doing all around the country today to give young people the knowledge and skills they need to own their economic success, plan for their futures, and make smart academic and economic choices. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. It's Monday, January 21st. I'm your host, Jason Moser. And hey, you know what? The markets are on holiday today, but that's okay. Don't worry. We've got a special interview lined up for you. With its purpose to inspire and prepare young people to succeed in the global economy, Junior Achievement is the nation's largest organization dedicated to giving young people the knowledge and skills they need to own their economic success, plan for their futures, and make smart academic and economic choices. With its core content areas of work readiness, entrepreneurship, and financial literacy, they ignite the spark in young people to experience and realize the opportunities and realities of work and life in the 21st century. Patty Senft is the manager of program engagement with Junior Achievement here in the greater Washington, D.C. area. This week on Between Two Fools, Patty and I sat down to talk more about all of the great things Junior Achievement is doing for today's students. So, Patty, tell our listeners more about Junior Achievement and your role with Junior Achievement at Finance Park. So, thank you, Jason, and Happy New Year to you and your listeners. I'm really excited to chat with you and your uh, listeners a little bit today. Um, For those of you that may not have ever heard of Junior Achievement, um, true story, uh, we are a global nonprofit educational organization that serves students K through 12, and our focus is on teaching students uh, to make good money decisions, so good budgeting choices, um, good spending habits so they don't get crushed with debt. Um, we also teach them to be good stewards of their money, um, how to be a successful entrepreneur, and how to prepare for a successful career. Um, we are a nonprofit supported through public and private partnerships, and we rely on the generosity of our volunteers to help guide and mentor our students, uh, K through 12, through all these various programs that we have. So my role um, is to make sure that we have enough volunteers every day at Finance Park to ensure that the students have the best experience possible. So this is a great public-private partnership that we have, and we rely on the generosity of our volunteers to make it happen. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the, the financial literacy aspect, working uh, with students, because I, I tell you, obviously, here at The Motley Fool, we we work very hard uh, to, to bring personal finance and investing advice to the masses in plain language that people can understand. And fortunately for me, my career here at The Fool, I've had the chance to speak with some folks about just the state of financial literacy, the state of financial education uh, in a lot of our schools countrywide. I was fortunate enough uh, to, to interview with the Secretary of Education at the time, Arnie Duncan. Oh, and, wow. and he had the same advice in that parents need to be very open with their kids about these subjects. I think there's this perception out there that at least you know, speaking with your child about how much your mortgage payment is per month or how much that insurance bill is, is, is taboo. But really, it couldn't be more the opposite. I mean, 
parents need to open up and talk with their kids about those types of things. And, and that, I think, was what impressed me so much. Our listeners will know that I, I chaperoned a field trip to the finance park uh, where, where we met. You um, did. And I was just taken aback by how impressed I was with virtually every aspect of it. But, I mean, it's adulting 101, and it just it's all of this stuff – uh, rolled into what was a really fun day. And, and and so, you know, you talk about your job being coordinating volunteers, making sure you guys are fully staffed on a daily basis. And I want to dig into that a little bit, because when I thought about this and I thought about just the class that my daughter's uh, my daughter attended there that one day, the numbers associated with what you all do there at Finance Park here in Fairfax on a daily basis I think is fairly is fairly astounding. I mean, it's not like you have just every couple of days a couple of classes go through this this facility, right? I mean, how many students run through your facility every week during a given school year? Yes, so many students. So, um, thanks for the question. It is impressive what the teachers do to prepare their students and the parents and and all of that, just as by way of preface. But we host roughly 15,000 students at Finance Park in Fairfax each school year. And that's wow. between September and June. So it doesn't even count the summer months. We mirror the Fairfax County public school system um, school hours. So on any given day, um, and I think when you came in with Robinson Secondary, we probably had upwards of 130 students that day. That so we average better. between 120 and 152 students every day, Monday through Friday. That comes out, um, I think I mentioned about 15,000 students per school year. Um, We have two other finance parks I want to make sure that I let your listeners know about, and that's um, in Prince George's County by FedEx Field. That park opened in 2015. They host about 12,000 students a year. Um, and then our newest park in Montgomery County just opened in Silver Spring, uh, located or co-located with the Thomas Edison High School of Technology, and they're on track to host about 10,000 students. Um, in our region, um, the total number of students we serve is probably going to be close to 67,000 between all our different programs. Um, but here, in, in, because we've been operational in Fairfax with our finance park since 2010, we're very well established. The school system is familiar with us. And so it's about 20, uh, 26 middle schools that we're hosting along with the city of Falls Church, uh, city of Arlington. And then we also host the Arlington Archdiocese school system. That is amazing. I mean, like I knew the number was big, but I, and I was I was not positive what the number was, but uh, I'm even I'm I'm still astounded by that. And, and I mean, to be clear, you're talking about region here. I mean, Junior Achievement is a national organization. There are more finance parks around the country, right? There are. Um, so on the national level, uh, I think we're bumping up to about. 18 to 20 finance parks. Nice. So for us here, and we're, we're all organized by chapters, and we are the greater Washington area chapter of Junior Achievement. And we are fortunate that we alone have three finance parks. Um, in other areas of the country, there may be more of a hybrid model, which is like a virtual um, finance park, um, but the actual experience of coming in to this location, which I know you saw firsthand, looks like a mini mall. Yes. <laughs> and each storefront represents a budget line item that 
um, you know, your adult listeners, you and I, we kind of take for granted that, yeah, we got to pay the cell phone bill and we got to pay for groceries and we have to pay for recycling and, and water and sewer and trash and all those sort of things. But you don't really get that in a, in a virtual program or just a, a standard classroom program. So coming here and seeing it live and in action, I think it really brings that program home to the students. Um, so it's a really, really exciting program. And I'm so glad that you got to come through because your enthusiasm was contagious. So, um, and that's what we love about this is our volunteers, that they really help bring this program alive for the students as they're going through it because you're using your adult experiences to help mentor those students and guide them and go, well, you know, you need to budget a little bit more for groceries mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe you can't afford that sports car uh, on that <laughs> <Yeah>. salary. <laughs> yep. I yeah. think I remember telling a student or two that you had to think about reallocating a few times. And, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's that online shopping experience and you have to return things. It's an eye opener. <laughs> but I tell you, I think you, I think we're one place where you really, I mean, this, this concept really hits the nail on the head in a number of ways. But I appreciated the fact that not only did the students have to go through with their tablet and budget all of their money out over the course of a month, but then they actually had to go through the, the transaction. I mean, they had to go do, they had to go back through the mall and go to the storefronts and they would either do like an online bill pay or they had a, a fake debit card where they would actually have to enter the debit card number into their account online to make that payment. So I think that was just a really nice way to bring it home, the actual act of paying. Uh, because I mean, as, as many of our listeners know now, and a lot of of our subscribers and members, we're we're in sort of this period of time where cash is is becoming a secondary way to pay for things, and, and electronic payments are taking over. And the the benefits of of that is, are are great. You don't have to carry the cash around; it's easier to manage. But it's different when you're spending money and you don't really actually hand over any money, right? right. You know, I mean, you don't feel that loss. That's right. And, That's and I think right. that running them through the actual process of making the payment, at least. Uh, helps bring that home. I wanted to ask you one thing too here before we go on because you said that with Finance Park being one of the offerings that you have, and and when you and I were talking, you were also telling me a little bit about um, a Shark Tank like offering that you all have, either with Junior Achievement or your particular chapter. But but could you? Tell our listeners just a little bit real quick about that that Shark Tank concept. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Finance Park program is geared uh, specifically to middle school age students, um, typically in eighth grade for Fairfax, um, seventh grade in Montgomery County, and eighth grade in Prince George's. We have additional programs for our high school students, and that's starting ninth grade through twelfth grade. And that is our entre. We have several programs. One of them is our uh, junior achievement company program, and that is where we're teaching students how to actually stand up a business, um, where they're actually going to sell a product or a service, and they go through it with a cohort. Uh, started in October and it runs through April and it's student-led, student-driven. And so I have had the uh, fortune of being able to work with our team here in Fairfax on Thursday nights and the team, the company team has come up with a product (laughs) and their company (laughs) name is Sipsy and they're going to sell reusable straws. And so they've had to determine what kind of material, what kind of initial investment. And so they are truly standing up a company 
they have leadership positions. They've uh, filled a CEO role, a head of finance, a head of marketing, a head of sales, and then a head of supply chain. Um, the, the team is about, it's about the 15 students or so. We have five of these cohorts that are running um, at the same time throughout our region. And each one of them have come up with their own unique product or service that they're going to sell. And so when you and I were talking about it, these companies, these student-led companies were just preparing to come in and pitch for an investment in their company. So Shark Tank style, um, we have... Uh, we, we had a fantastic team of sharks <laughs> that volunteered their time um, from um, various organizations um, in, in, the, yeah, in the metro area. And so they were evaluating the students on various factors, and then they made a decision whether or not they were going to be able to make any kind of investment and what amount and what type of equity they might take in return for that investment. The investment could have also been on a non-monetary basis where they might have been providing their expertise in marketing or sales or connecting them with other businesses and using their circle of influence to help the students reach out um, to build their customer base. So it was really exciting. Um, they did a fantastic job. Remember, these are high school students. And they got up in front of, and I think we probably had close to 100 um, parents and supporters that were there um, for all these student groups, and they pitched. They had a, I think it was about a two-minute pitch um, about their product, what it was, um, who they were selling it to, for how much, what their initial cost was, what their... Um, you know, what they projected their break-even to be, their price per unit. And so when you think about all these things that we have helped these students kind of find their way to being able to very succinctly um, and powerfully express these ideas to these sharks, it was super exciting. That sounds phenomenal. I mean, it really does sound amazing. Um, I mean, I have to believe you have a waiting list for uh, folks to, to be sharks, but if you ever run into a buzzsaw and you need a shark, you've got my number, okay? I'd happily jump in there. Outstanding. <laughs> well, well, this is actually our, our um, entrepreneurship program that we've been growing year over year. So Finance Park um, is... Uh, well-established, um, and, and we're putting a little bit of emphasis into growing um, the innovation aspect of our entrepreneurship program. And so, yeah, we, we are trying to spark interest um, out in the broader community for organizations that might be able to sponsor a Shark Tank event or individuals that have areas of expertise where they might want to lend that expertise to students, maybe they're experts in supply chain mm-hmm. or manufacturing or what have you. So just want to put a little plug out there um, for that. And, and the person that heads that up is uh, Gail Robinson, is our Director of Innovation and Entrepreneurship Programs, and we work very closely. So happy to connect anyone. Um, but first, you have to come volunteer for me at Finance Park. <laughs> that seems like, I, can't give, I can't give that up. Seems like a reasonable trade-off. <laughs> or at one of our other two parks. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's this pool of talent that, you know, you never know where it comes from. Yep. So the fact that we connected, um, I happened to, you know, I saw your email address and I'm like, well, we're Motley Fool subscribers. Let's go chat. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. So, you know, it's just leveraging 
um, the expertise that people bring to the table and, you know, your generosity in coming in to volunteer because the focus really all goes back into the students and preparing them to be successful in a 21st century global economy. Right. So if they're successful, yep. our communities are successful, you know, and it just has this really positive ripple effect. You're right. You're right. And speaking of well-established, it's um, I mean, it's an exciting time for you all there, I think, is you, you've hit some big round number anniversary or something this year, right? We did. We did. How did how did you know? <laughs> I think I probably start talking about this, but yes, we are. Junior Achievement is celebrating its centennial anniversary, so 100 years of the founding of Junior Achievement, and so we are incredibly excited about that. And you know, that kind of dovetails really nicely with the fact that um, not only are we national, we are global, and we're in a hundred other countries in addition to all these chapters that we have throughout the United States. So uh, we're very excited. We're starting to, you may, your listeners, or you yourself, may start seeing some ads running um, that uh, celebrate and, and showcase what Junior Achievement has accomplished over the years. There will be a special, uh, We every year we have a Hall of Fame event. It's in November where we highlight and celebrate four distinguished uh, business people from the greater Washington area. And normally we've, in the past, we've had this uh, great event we hosted at the National Building Museum. This year, 2019, it's going to be at the brand new Anthem Theater down on the waterfront. Oh, so yeah. we're pretty we're pretty excited. So we're going to have a, a variety of different events throughout the year celebrating our 100 year anniversary. And in particular, if any of your listeners um, are from Springfield, Massachusetts, my understanding is there is a huge fair every September called the Big E. And um, that's the the founding location of Junior Achievement, and they will be having a special booth event around that um, around the anniversary. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Uh, going back a little bit and talking about the different types of programs and offerings you all have there. I mean, one of the things I really love about the Junior Achievement brand is you have so many different levers at your disposal to to create more interest, get students involved, incentivize uh, certain types of behavior. Um, I mean, I, I see offers for scholarships and things like this. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more maybe about some of the contests and, and, and those types of, of events that, that you all sponsor? Yeah, absolutely, Jason. So one of the events that we have coming up, and this is one of my favorite for volunteers out there, is that you can do it from anywhere. And that's our uh, 2018 essay contest, and I, I know it's 2019, we, we're, we always run a few months behind, but it is open to high school students anywhere in the country, um, and um, students have until February 15th, 2019, to submit an application. It is a, an essay, 1,000 to 1,500 words, and they would answer this question, what would make your high school experience more relevant to your future? So that's the question. So if any listeners out there have high school students and you're looking for scholarship money, <laughs> have them take a look at this as a possibility. Again, the question, what would make your high school 
experience more relevant to your future. And so last year, um, we had a tremendous response on this essay contest, which we've held for a number of years, and and we have a particular uh, partner that sponsors the award, and the prize is a $20,000 scholarship. Wow. And that's that's pretty significant, very significant significant, uh, for a thousand-word essay, and I had the privilege of reviewing a number of essays last year. They were fantastic. Uh, I think last year's question was along the lines of, well, Bill Gates didn't graduate, Steve Jobs didn't graduate, but they both went out uh, from college. And how important is it or is it not that you stay in college and why? Um, And can you be successful with or without a college degree? And, and, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing it. So, yeah. so yeah, and so this this year I think we we've, we've taken it back a step and said, well, what would make your high school experience more relevant to your future? And you know, that might be something like experiential learning, hands-on learning, job shadow program with junior achievement, any number of things. So so that's one opportunity. Um I did talk about our JA company program that runs from October through April, but we also have a one-week entrepreneurship summit um, every summer, and it's really more of an entrepreneurship boot camp where high school students learn the hypothetical components of starting a business, and it's a really immersive kind of deep dive, um, but they are not competing. um, They're not actually physically selling a product, but it does give them Um, those concepts and they may decide, hey, you know what, I really like this. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to start a business someday. Very Um, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got to believe, I mean, with with two daughters uh, myself and they're, you know, they're 14 and 12 and a half now, I got to believe I'm going to be prodding them to, to maybe get one of these essays turned in along uh, yeah. <laughs> the time where they need to. That $20,000 scholarship is, is very significant. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, now, I, I'm going to go back to my visit here at Finance Park real quick, because I noticed when I visited there um, the picture on the wall with uh, Ben Bernanke mm-hmm. cutting the ribbon at the opening ceremony. I believe that was the opening ceremony for that Finance Park. Correct. Yep. Uh, now, granted, I, I was an econ major in college. I'm a stock nerd here at the Fool, so I that, I noticed that picture. I'm not sure probably not a lot of other people really cared, um, but it struck me that I gotta believe you probably meet some cool people along the way for as long as you've been there. I mean, did, have you been able to forge any noteworthy relationships, or were there any people you were really excited to meet along the way that just made you say, "Wow, this is just really cool"? Yeah. So um, thank you for appreciating the photo. <laughs> you, you you did spend a little extra time, and I love the fact that you're a stock nerd. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, I think nerds and you know geeks rule. Yep. Um, they do. We do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> You'll find us being able to retire comfortably, and that's part of the goal, right? Yes, so, ma'am. Um, I mean, there are, we've had so many fantastic, um, significant people come through our finance park, but um, we are always super excited when we get folks through the State Department that might be bringing um, dignitaries from other countries. So we've had Pakistan come through. We've had Latvia come through. We hosted a delegation of teachers from South Korea over the summer that wanted to kind of get best practices and learn about our financial literacy programs and and the type of programs we have that teach people to be good stewards of their money. 
Um, and then, you know, we, a lot of times we get folks that kind of keep it under the radar. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here with my student. I'm just here with my <laughs> child today. Yeah. Don't make a fuss over me. Um, and folks like yourself, right? So um, we have any number of extraordinary folks that have come through. Again, this is we can't do this without our public-private partnerships. And as a nonprofit, we rely on the generosity of, of all these folks that help make this work. And so, um, you know, I, I think that getting folks from other countries has, has been a, a really a, a key point of interest for some of us because it just it's interesting to exchange those ideas and the fact that they're looking at us as a model for what they can do. Um, I think it's just really been exceptional. Um, and then if you look at some of our YouTube videos um, there, we've got some other names that your audience, I'm sure, is familiar with. Uh, Mark Cuban has gone through Junior Achievement. He's oh, an yeah. alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some kind words in one of our videos from former President Ronald Reagan. So any number of folks that are familiar with us. So, um, yeah. That's super. All right. Last question, then I'm going to let you go, okay? Uh, I want you to take this opportunity to tell me, tell all of our listeners, tell everyone listening out there today, how can we learn more about Junior Achievement Finance Park, what you all are doing, and and how might we be able to help you guys uh, fulfill uh, what you're doing today? You know, I really appreciate this this question. <laughs> um, absolutely. So one of the easiest ways is to go to our website, myja.org, or to reach out to me directly if you're interested in volunteering. Um, I think you'll have my contact info out there. Sure. And, um, or reach out to any of us at our finance parks. All of our names, our contact information is out there. We want to make sure that the folks that participate with us that we make it easy for you. We want it to be geographically convenient. So if it's easier for you to travel to Landover, Maryland or Silver Spring, Maryland, rather than coming to Fairfax, that's great. Um, If you have time and availability, but let's say it's only in the evenings or on weekends, then you might want to consider um, looking into being a volunteer for the essay contest. Um, But volunteers is what makes this program come alive to our students. So that would be the greatest help, is letting us know if you have time and capacity. We do have a number of days where we know that it's going to take groups of volunteers Mm -hmm. to make it work. (laughs) So um, if anyone out there is interested in bringing a team to volunteer, please let me know. I will put you in touch. Um, If it's for Fairfax, I will coordinate directly with you. If it's for one of our other locations, we'll get you connected. Um, Group volunteer dates um, serve a dual purpose. Um, It's a feel-great activity, depending on what time of type of industry you're in, there's the possibility of getting credit through the Community Reinvestment Act. Um, This goes for a lot of our financial institutions. Um, There are days of service that folks could use Finance Park as a way of giving back to the community and also having a team building event. So there's a ton of opportunities and possibilities. And so connecting with me, patty.senf.ja.org, uh, is a great way. 
you can go to myja.org and look at the opportunities and connect with us that way um, or um, through you know what other whatever links you might be able to provide. Yeah, I mean, I think at the very very least, I mean, if you just can't remember anything else, I mean, if you just go to Google and Google uh, Junior Achievement, just Junior Space Achievement, that will get you on the road uh, right. to where you want to go. Right. Hopefully, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> depending depending on which one you click first. So look for the one that says Greater Washington. Right. That would be our region. And yeah, we'd love to have you. Um, and and it's a it's a really positive experience. You will know immediately that you made an impact on students. There are a lot of volunteer opportunities to choose from, and a lot of things you can get involved with. But I think you know yourself, Jason, from your experience and your enthusiasm. You knew right then and there you made a difference in those students' lives. You didn't go home and go, well, you know that was fine. I gave up five hours of my day, but I wonder if I really made a difference. You knew it right then and there. Yep, it was quite obvious from the moment I stepped in the door that morning, and uh, I really enjoyed that day. I've really enjoyed today, and I appreciate you taking the time here to speak with me and, and tell our listeners more about Junior Achievement and all the great things you all are doing over there. Patty Senft, thank you so much for taking the time today. Jason, thank you. Thank you to Motley Fool and to your visitors. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to chat about Junior Achievement. And that'll do it for us this week, folks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is produced by Austin Morgan for Patty Senft and the entire awesome Junior Achievement Organization. I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.